We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. So Daniel, the book of Daniel was authored by Daniel. And like I've explained repeatedly, every name of the Bible that you see, it's either named after the central figure, you know, of the book or the person who wrote that book. And Daniel, the name Daniel simply means God is my judge. Daniel, I've told us, when you say L in the Bible, E-L, E-L stands for God. Okay, L, L O him. El Elyon, El Shaddai, um, you know, and all of that. So, um, the book was authored by Daniel. What does the name Daniel mean? I just told us it means God is my judge. And um, when you take a look at Daniel chapter number one, from verse number one, he then begins to explain to you the context, you know, via which this book was written. And by the way, I should say that Daniel is the last book or the last major prophet that you find recorded in the Bible. After this book of Daniel, you go to Hosea, Joel, Amos, and all of all those guys, they call them minor prophet, minor in quote, prophet. So you'd also remember that all the while we've been trying to draw the, I mean, the relationship between, I mean, what's been happening, you know, since um, captivity in Babylon as to, you know, even now. And you know, just this afternoon, I'm trying to tidy up my sermon, you know, I mean, my presentation for tonight. And it occurred to me again. The moment you're done with the book of 2 Kings, from 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, down to this level that we are in, has a relationship with captivity and Babylonian experience. Have you read your Bible to that level too? Do you understand what I'm saying? From, because, I mean, after 2 Kings, then it began chronicle, chronicling, you know, all the things that had happened in the past. Then you go to, you know, um, Israel, Nehemiah, and all of all those guys. Maybe save for the book of, um, the books of um, Job. Some part of the book of Psalms still reflected some of the songs they sang in Babylon, right? Um, then save for the book of Proverbs, um, songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. When you get back to the book of um, Jeremiah, I mean Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, began to bring to fore again, you know, um, the encounter, encounters, you know, in Babylon. So that's the same thing the book of Daniel is also touching on. And when you take a look at Daniel chapter number one from verse number one, you'd have better light of what I'm talking about. Daniel chapter one, verse one says, in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Can you see that? <coughs> Excuse me. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. You know what it means to besiege? Hmm? To come to a place with armories, with weapons, to hold captive, to dispossess, to plunder. That's what it means to besiege. Okay? It says, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 2 says, And the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand. You'd remember that in Isaiah, 
a prophetic book as to what's going to happen, how the Babylonian experience was going to be. Excuse me. The Lord himself said that he would allow them to be held captive. When you take a look at the book of Jeremiah again, you'll see that. Jeremiah chapter number 9 from verse number 10 that I asked you to you know, emphasize. On, no, 29. Chapter 29 from verse number 10. Right? You know, that um, you'll be held captive for 70 years. After 70 years, then I'll bring you back home. Then you should know that even in that captivity, my plans and my thought for you, verse 11 now, they are of good and not of evil. And I saw that analogy you posted on Facebook too. Celebrate Sister Sheila. Holy Sheezy. Amen. Glory to Jesus. When I read it, I was super proud. I'm proud of members of this church. You all should celebrate yourselves. Hallelujah. A tiger cannot give birth to a goat. Glory to Jesus. So why was the book written? <clears throat> written to describe, you know, Daniel's experience or experiences when held captive in Babylon. That was why the book of Daniel was written. I love the book of Daniel. <clears throat> and one of the things I loved about the book of Daniel was the fact that it tells you what's also obtainable, you know, in the New Testament. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing about the book of Daniel. So tonight, we're going to take a bit of a time, you know, to just explain a couple of things about it. I should say also that Daniel's original name, Hebrew name, was Belteshazzar. It was when they were held captive by the Persians and the Babylon that they gave them new name. As a matter of fact, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those were not their names. Their Hebrew names, you will find that in verse number 7 of Daniel chapter 1. Verse 7 of Daniel chapter 1. You will find what their real names were. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishaiah, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. And I love the preceding verse. Do you want to read that? Verse 8, Daniel 1, 8. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food. I love that so much. You can take my name, huh? but you cannot change who I am. You can give me whatever name that suits you because I've been, I'm being held captive by you. But the, 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 the originality of who I am, whom God has made me to be, no force of hell can change that. He says, Daniel proposed, but Daniel, I love the word but before it. So you're changing my name. You can change the name. You can change me. Isn't it true that sometimes people call us by names that are not ours? Look down on you, describe you as purple. You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb because the baby hasn't yet. Quote me now. I said, yet. Because your baby hasn't yet arrived, they call you barren. Because your job hasn't yet arrived, they call you jobless. People may give you what kind man of names they may want to give to you. But no one has the capacity to change who you truly are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Who you truly are is defined by the word. By God himself, not by man. Not by whatsoever toga they call you. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself 
with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which, which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In other words, with the splendor of you know, the king's presence that he was serving or that they were, it's possible for him to have felt super comfortable and just want to give up, you know, on the 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 on, on God's people, on God's plans. It's the same way sometimes the devil makes some of us, you know, feel comfortable. You begin to find pleasures in things that can actually not give you pleasures. In sex, in addiction, in drugs, in all sorts of this stuff. You know, thinking that the more you do them, the more you get, you know, pleasure. No. No, but it, 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 it's only fleeting. It's only in Christ huh, that you have joy that is beyond expression. And joy such that no man can take away from you. Joy that is not dependent on your ability to consume anything. Some people don't get high except they take drugs. You who is in the spirit, who walks in the spirit, you get high every second. What you drink is inside you. You don't have to go. You catch that? Those who believe in me, out of their bellies, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of the living water. So that which produces joy is resident inside you. Hallelujah. I'm a joy giver. Say that. Say, I'm a joy giver. I'm a joy giver. I'm a joy giver. I have joy like an ocean. I'm a joy giver. I'm a joy dispenser. So the same thing happened to Esther. Esther's Hebrew name was Ezekiel. Sorry, I love the name Ezekiel. Hadassah. Esther's Hebrew name was Hadassah. It was in, the, in Pasha, in captivity, that they gave them new names. You know, one of the things my research revealed to me, why they change their names, why they give them new names. They give them new names to work into their consciousness and subconsciousness to live their old self and begin to live a new life in captivity. So changing their names then means it's an attempt to cause them to forget the reality of who they truly are and begin to live a life that's not theirs. Glory to God. So that was why the book of Daniel was written. It describes Daniel's experience or experiences in captivity. So we'll touch on Daniel 1.8. I'm sure you have a couple of places you want to touch on, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, sir. <coughs> you know, sir, when you were, you were talking just now and saying that the book of Daniel shows us what is available to us as New Testament believers. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, my eyes just went to verse 20 in chapter 1. Mm -hmm. And it says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his own whole kingdom mm. and you know it just reminded me of a scripture that says that christ has been made unto us wisdom Amen. You, know, you always say that 
as a New Testament believer in your workplace, in your school, there should be something about you that is different. Oh, yeah. There should be something about you that is peculiar. Mm -hmm. So as children of God, as, as New Testament believers, we shouldn't be in a company or even being in school and then it's like we're the same with every other person. Mm -hmm. no, there's something different. There's a distinction. There's a distinction. There's a distinction. Us. Let me read what you just shared from verse number 19. Daniel chapter 1 from verse 19. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Why was none found? Verse 20 says, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year, year of King Cyrus. Ten times better. Ten times better. You see, this is one of the reasons why I tell you all, those of you who worship in this ministry, it is shame if anyone who says it belongs to lofty height is fired from his or her job as a result of lack of performance. Don't bring it, don't, don't let me hear about it. It's better for you the moment you know that your heart is no longer there and it's affecting your performance. It's better for you to just honorably resign. It is shame to the God you claim to serve huh? for you to be fired from a workplace as a result of lack of performance. Because you should be the benchmark huh? of what quality performance looks like. You should be the best. Same thing in your school. It's a, you can't belong here, huh? And, you know, say that you were asked to withdraw from your studies because you're not performing well. What nonsense. Please come and see me if that hand uh, only needs to be laid on you and words declared over your destiny. Glory to Jesus. We all still heard Brother O'Kane's testimony last Sunday. I was asked to withdraw from a particular, you know, program that I was doing, proud to join in Lofty Height. He came in here and things changed. So you should be the model, like I often say, of godly excellence. Godly excellence. It is ten times better. This scripture helped me a good deal when I was in school. Ten times better. Say after me, I'm ten times better than my contemporaries, than my peers. I'm a, I'm a model of godly excellence. Of godly excellence. I'm, a I'm a model of godly excellence. Of godly excellence. I'm, a I'm a model of godly excellence. Of godly excellence. I am, I am ten, times ten times better. better. Celebrate Jesus. Amen. None of them. You know, it also means that changing your name does not necessarily affect your performance. Their names have been changed, right? Yet, what is still inside them, what God deposited inside them, is still inside them. Glory to God. Let's move on. Where else do you want to touch? Um, chapter 2, verse 24. Where it talks about the king telling his uh, magicians that he had a dream and he wanted interpretation. But he refused to tell the magicians his dream. He wanted them to tell him his dream and then interpret it. Mm. And of course, that's impossible. But verse 24 says, then Daniel went to Ariok. So this was after this was after the news had gotten to Daniel. And it wasn't just the magicians. They were also going to kill 
Daniel and his friends, including the magicians, because nobody could tell the king his dream, mm -hmm. and no one could interpret the dream to the to his dream to the king. And 24 says, Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. You know, when I read when I when I read this chapter of the Bible, it made me it made me think about a lot of things. It made me remember Abraham and his children, um, his descendants rather, from mm. Isaac to Jacob. And it made me think about how prosperous these men were. And then I thought about Job. Can we have Job, um, Job 22 verse 29? Job 22 verse 29 in NIV. If you can have it in NIV. So he says, when people are brought low and you say, leave them up, then he will save the downcast. Mm -hmm. What happened with Daniel and his friends was that everybody was going to be killed. But Daniel said, don't kill them, don't execute them. I will interpret the dream to the king. So it means that Daniel saved the lives of the magicians. He saved his life. He saved his friend's life. He saved the lives of the magicians. And then it, it, it made me think about Job 22 verse 29. It says, when people are brought low and you say, Leave them up. Mm. Then he will see the downcast. And then how does this then relate to our lives in the present? It means that in your company, this was, this was my chain of thought. Mm -hmm. It means that when I work in a company and the company, they're, they're, they're attempting to close up because things are not going well. Their sales are dropping and they're attempting to downsize their, their, their operations, their, operations, mm. their, um, their staff. Yeah. It means that I can come up with an idea by the power of the Spirit of God in me. I can come up with an idea to save the company and tell them, see, this, this is the reason why you should not downsize. So then I'll be saving the jobs of other people. That is what we have now as believers. You know, the prayer that we pray um, during Let Us Pray, saying mm -hmm. that because of me, that company is blessed. Mm -hmm. ah, because we are children of Abraham. And wherever we go, you know, that it, was, it was Jacob who, Jacob in the house of Laban, Laban yes. told him that, I have found by divination that mm -hmm. the Lord has been Prosper blessing me because of, because of you. you. Because you are in my household. Laban was not a Christian. It was not a well, no Christians then, but he was not a Jew. He was not a believer of God. He said, by divination. So it means that he went to see a witch doctor or whatever. And they told him, they told him the reason why you're being blessed is because of that boy, Jacob, in your household. So also, as believers, we have the spirit of God in us. And our presence in every company causes the, the, the prosperity yeah. of that company. So because of us, we'll see the lives, the Allah. jobs of other people. Allah. Hallelujah. Allah. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Jesus. And another thing that I, I, you know, I brought out from that um, chapter 2 is 27. You know, when Daniel replied and, says, and said, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king, the mystery he has asked about. Mm. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. You know, this, this touched my heart because Daniel saw that this was an opportunity to introduce his God. Mm -hmm. This was an opportunity to so, make so, known. So, sorry for cutting you short. I think one of the things, you know, that made these things possible for Daniel, mm -hmm. you know, must be the fact that even though he was held captive mm. physically, his spirit was not captive. Mm. His mind was not held captive. Mm. In other words, he hasn't lost the essence of who he truly is, Hallelujah. even despite being in bondage. And this is one of the things that you see, you know, in those who trust in the Lord their God. Mm. 
same Daniel chapter number 11, 32b says, it says that, um, 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 that's to be strong and mighty, you know, they that know their God, yeah. They that know, do know their God, they shall be strong, uh, and they shall do great exploits. Those who do know their God, right? These are the reasons why Daniel and the three guys, you know, could be showing off the exponential power of their God. Because every opportunity a genuine believer has is an opportunity to introduce Jesus. Every chance a believer has is a chance. Every title, every position. What, when I say introduce Jesus, I'm not saying you go carry um, jingle bell and go, 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 go. Say Jesus is Lord. That's, no, 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 no. Introducing Jesus or establishing, you know, the kingdom of the Lord. You know, and like I've always said to each and every one of us, you know, the consciousness that as a New Testament believer, you're never alone. It's something that should never leave anybody. That you cannot leave the Holy Spirit at home and you go on an errand. Hey! You catch that? You can't say, Holy Spirit, God, I, I, I want to get to Walmart. But you know what? You stay back at home. Let me go to Walmart. As you are pulling over in Walmart, entering into Walmart, he's entering in there with you. Hey! Hey! You get it? So when I get to my office in the morning, you know, pre-COVID days, I go in there, I enter with, as, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm stepping into that place. Every darkness is being dispelled. All of them just falling at their feet, just running. That's how powerful a believer is. This is one of the reasons why somebody like Daniel and the three Hebrew brothers, and we'll see as we proceed further, could not keep their mouth shut. Same thing we saw in the life of David. David confronted Goliath, you know, and defeated Goliath, not by his own strength. The whole attempt idea for David was just to just prove to Goliath the greatness, the awesomeness, and the mightiness of the power of the God of Israel. That was why he went after Goliath. And if you check the scripture, everyone, whoever approaches, contends, or confronts situations like that in the name of their God, with boldness, the Lord delivers the victim into their hands. Go through the scripture you said. Go ahead, please. Thank you very much, sir. And so that reminded me of how um, Philip, God made an opportunity for Philip um, with the Ethiopian um, eunuch. Mm -hmm. And you know, it just made me think that the Lord, there's a way the Lord makes opportunity for you in great places, in high places. Not just because he wants you to be in high places, but so that you make his name known. And, it, the, you know, when we have privileges of, of talking about Jesus, don't hold back. You know, I, I completed my thesis and I was thinking, I was writing the report and, they, and then they said, oh, I have an acknowledgement section. And I'm like, oh, great. So I can write whatever I like there. I'm like, I would like to thank my parents for their prayers. I would like to thank my church, Chris, uh, Lofty Heights Christian Center, and my pastor. And I wrote so many things, and I kept mentioning church, church, prayers, prayers. And for me, I was like, yes, you can't censor what I'm writing. It's my report. It's my thesis dissertation. It's my report. You can't censor it. So when we have that, those opportunities to talk about Jesus, even in the tiniest way. Don't hold Make back. Make bold. 
Don't hold back. Be bold and declare Jesus. I mean, you would have heard what I do in my office. You know, um, around here, you can't just walk up to someone and say, say in the workplace, for example, and say, have you accepted the Lordship of Jesus? <laughs> say, accept Jesus in your life right now. Or Brother Samuel, when somebody calls you at work, do you say, are you, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Can I quickly pray with you? You can't do any of all those stuff. But you see, Bible says concerning Peter and John and the rest of them, Bible says that when they had studied them, I think that's Acts chapter number three, when they had studied them, observed them, their mannerisms and the way they act, say even though they see them being illiterate, they knew that they had been with Jesus. So in my office, when some of them have concerns, things they need clarity on, they call me privately to share with me. I cannot say, be knocking doors to door of offices and say, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. So I went to dollar store. I bought gift cards and birthday cards, Christmas cards and all of all cards Bible. I stocked them for birthdays specifically. When it's, I love celebrating people ordinarily. When it's their birthday, I'll take one of the cards. Happy birthday. Dear peace, may the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit overshadow you this new season. Jesus loves you. Have a fabulous celebration. I present it. They receive it with thanksgiving. I've made my point known. You must be able to do certain things to take a stand for the sake of the gospel. Every believer's responsibility is in his ability to making Jesus famous. The salvation that you received, you know, from the Lord, you were not saved for your sake. You get it? No. No. You, you, being saved, you go preach the gospel to these ones. They carry the fire. All of them, they go out. Go get more people. Preach the gospel to them. The gospel has multiplier effects. Capacity and ability. If every believer would choose to make bold of that which they already know. You may be driving a car. Just by the kind of song you're listening to or you're jamming to like you say. Someone may say, are you a Christian? And you can use that opportunity. Bible says concerning Philip and um, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter number 8, which you made mention of. Bible says, Philip, beginning from that scripture, sold the gospel. To that Enoch. So we must be sensitive to look for every opportunity. And you see, if you are conscious, if you are desirous of indeed sharing the gospel, those opportunities will always present themselves. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit will begin to open your eyes. You can be talking to someone, the Holy Spirit may say, Share about me with him. Tell her about me. So you may not want to open up your mouth to say, Are you saved? The person may just be telling you, oh, you know, last night I was trying to sleep and I was restless, you know, and I could not sleep. You know, my boyfriend broke my heart. He ran away, silly guy. Say, I'm hopeless. My life is in ruins. You can use the opportunity to introduce Jesus. How? May I share a word of prayer with you? Father, thank you for your daughter. Don't forget. As much as you love them, Jesus loves them even much more, even in their sins. 
But many believers are too. So-called believers are too judgmentals and too self-righteous. So you begin to classify those who are worthy of being saved and those who are not worthy of being saved. Say, this one is too red. Um, um, she's got multiple children out of wedlock. She was an addict. So this one, their life is already in ruins. So cannot be redeemed. No, no, no. These are the kind of people that Jesus lost. He was found at me sinners. And I said, what were you doing there? Is that where you should be found? I said, no. I said, where else would I be? And for me, as a pastor, that's one of the things that excites me the most. Uh, to find those that the world has rich enough. Those who feel they've gotten to the extreme. That's why sometimes when people don't get too thirsty, uh, they don't enjoy a ministry like Lofty Height. If you want to play casual Christianity, you cannot enjoy this ministry. I know. So that's why some people have come. They just want to be, you know, low-key, one leg. Uh -huh. Thank you. You know how to you, all those um, vibes you give me. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. You know, one, those low-key, one leg in, one leg out kind of Christianity. If that's your desire, this place cannot be the place for you. The reason is simply because the teachings you hear here would open your eyes to realizing who you truly are. Such that even if people have given you different togas, they've given you different names in the past, you know who Jesus has made you to be. Then you would understand, you know, the power is made available for you. Then by consistent fellowship, communal relationship, serving in God's house, you then begin to understand how to exercise those authorities. And you then realize the awful truth. That silly dude called the devil is actually under my feet. Beneath me, not above me. Glory to Jesus. That's what we teach and preach here. Celebrate Jesus. So all you need is to have the heart to say, Lord, I'm actually desirous of making you known. I'm desirous of letting others know about you through me. And you would see, he then begin, the Holy Spirit begins to then open your eyes to the lacunas, to the gaps. So why not use this opportunity? Just, it may be just a word of prayer you'll share with the person. You may just pray, I mean, and, and you as a believer, if you meet, say, Bizu, for example, and Bizu says, oh, um, 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 things are not going the way I want them to go, or I have pain, you know, in my lower back, and I've been suffering from this for so long. You as a believer, when you want to pray, you're not praying in your name. You're praying in the name of Jesus. So you're exercising the authority Jesus has made available for you, right? So you, as you're making that prayer, you have faith that, yes, Bizu is going to be made whole. So when Bizu is made whole, gives you then opportunity to then say to Bizu, that Jesus who made you whole is willing to give you the same power that he gave me to use to pray for you, for with you, that you got healed. The opportunities are always there. Let's pray. Lift up your right hand up unto heaven. Lord Jesus, open my eyes to opportunities around me to share your gospel. I desire it, Lord. I desire that others may come to the knowledge of who you truly are through me. Help me, Lord Jesus, to save souls into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's move on. I want us to read chapter 3. I knew we were going to spend some time on the book of Daniel, and I think I love that. It's one of the books that you also can't rush. Daniel chapter number 3, this is going to be a pretty lengthy read, but it's important for your understanding. Daniel chapter number 3, we're going to read verse number 8 through to 30. Daniel chapter number 3, from verse number 8 through to 30. 
I want to read, you know, um, to let you all understand that story, how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose to hold firm in faith in the Lord their God and not bow, you know, to King Nebuchadnezzar or his demons. Daniel chapter number 3, 8 to 30. Bible says, therefore, at that time, certain children came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and sent, said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. They created a golden calf, okay, which they were worshiping. Verse 11 says, And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the prince of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Verse 15 says, Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, you know what I love about this scripture? I love the O before they call the king. <laughs> o Nebuchadnezzar. I love that. Not just Nebuchadnezzar. They, they really wanted it to, you know, you want to insult someone, but you want to do it. O Nebuchadnezzar. O king. Hmm. It says, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the born and fiery furnace. And it will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, in other words, assume that God chooses, our God chooses not to. But if not, let it be known to you, O king. They always put O before their king. I love that. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Look at verse 19. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because what they had done was enough for them to just die, which is the process they were about going through. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and cast them into the burning fairy furnace. 21. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. 
You remember the reason why that was so? They failed to bow down to worship this king, the God of the king. Verse 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the, face exceed, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was not the fire that killed them. The flame. Mm. So when you read the psalm, it says, it makes his ministers like a flame of fire. Oh, I'm wondering, why is it not fire? Why is it flame? Because the flame of God's fire is, I, I, I don't know what better way to put that for you. So the ones who were to throw them into the fairy furnace, the flames of the fire, you know, destroyed them. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Can you see Jesus on the pages of the Bible? You see, this is one of the reasons why a believer must know it doesn't matter what fiery furnace of life you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. You must know. Hey! You must know. Many times when I share and when I preach or teach you guys, you know, I'm doing that based on depth of revelations, the things that I've practiced, the things that have worked for me. And I just always pray, you know, that you all will just catch the light too. Can you see Jesus again on the pages of the, of the Old Testament? 26, the Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servant of the Most High God. Oh, he knew that before, right? Yet was, you, you knew they were servant of the Most High God and you were asking them to bow down to your own God. Servant of the Most High God, come out and come here. You may be wondering. You know, the other one who took, who threw them into the fairy furnace, the flame of the fire consumed. And Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth, version 2. Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke. How come the flame did not destroy King Nebuchadnezzar? His case was like that of Pharaoh. The Lord was trying to preserve his life so that he can know of the truth, huh? that he is God. You see that other servant that flame killed, that one was his scapegoat. If Nebuchadnezzar had died, huh? if the flame of the fire had consumed Nebuchadnezzar, the pronouncement Nebuchadnezzar later made, if you go through the scripture, he wouldn't have been able to make it. That was deep, right? Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw this man on whose bodies the fire had no power. How do you throw someone 
into fiery furnace made seven times hotter. Yet the Bible says the fire had no power. Nobody can change my mind on the power of the God I serve. There is no time I read this scripture ah, that the awesomeness and the greatness of my God does not strike me afresh. Look at, this is the shocking part. He says, the hair of their head was not singed. You know what I mean? Did not catch fire. It, there was no. He is very, very flammable. The hair of the head was not singed, nor were the garments. You threw them into the fiery furnace and they came out. The way they went in, the way they came out. Hey! You catch that, my sister? The same way you led the children of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. Bible says their feet were not swollen. The cloth that they wore for 40 years was not torn. It did not fade. Hey! Same God. See how much, how far and how deep he goes to preserve his own. There is one thing man I know about the God I serve. He loves it when you make a boast in him. That's why I confront the devil in his name. And tonight, you'll see some manifestations afresh. Glory to Jesus. Bible says, nor were their garments affected. And look at this one. It says, and there was no smell of fire on them. No smell of fire on them. If somebody lit a, a cigarette, for example, and you stay close, the way you and I are right now, if I'm smoking right now, when you live here, you will be smelling on your body. That's just small cigarettes fire. How much more fiery furnace? Can you see, can you see your God? And after Nebuchadnezzar has seen the power, see what he said in verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered a servant who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You know, next week, um, Wednesday, we're going to be taking a break from Biblio. We're going to be sharing, it's going to be a testimony service, myself and my wife. We're going to be sharing the testimony of the arrival, the conception, um, the delivery, and all the process in between of our son, Maya Joel. You know one of the reasons why the king could make that pronouncement? Because three Hebrew boys, even though held captive, still chose not to bow. Aren't there many of us who give up in the, in, in the sight of just literal tribulation? 
Just a little challenge. You didn't get the job. I'm not serving God again. I wanted a car. I didn't get it. That God is no longer my God. So could it be that the reason why many have not been turned to Christ is because you've not held your faith strong enough. You've not made your bold strong enough in, in it. King Nebuchadnezzar says, he says, they trusted and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. You know, I remember um, one of the chief um, doctors, one of the senior doctors in NICU, this same Regina General Hospital, you know, um, at the point when our son was about to be taken home, then came with some of, I'm going to share some of that next week, Wednesday too, you know, came with some of his prodigies and um, entourages, entourage, you know, and said that, um, speaking about me, said, when he lost hope on our son's ability to survive, that I'll be the one saying to him, say, doctor, you don't have anything to worry about. This boy is going to leave. Have you seen my son of late? Don't miss church next week Wednesday, all right? Let's go ahead. Bottom line was that a pronouncement was made because they chose. If they had bowed, how would they have known that there is indeed a God like the God of Israel? I get bothered when those of us who were saved are not even confident enough to even invite friends and loved ones into church. A church has this. And you know that if they step here and they stay here committed for three months, they would experience transformation. Not that they're not coming, but you've never even mentioned it to them. And you know them. Some of them, your friends. Let's move. Let's just talk to one more chapter. Chapter 6. I'll just read chapter 6 from verse number 1 and perhaps touch on glory to Jesus. Can you help that sister? I think she's broken. The words, the words, my hands have me. I see the stars, see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, that pass through us, the universe display. Then sings my soul, sings my soul, my Savior God. How great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou art, O God. Oh, 
that sings my soul. My Savior got you deep. <coughs> Chapter 6, 1 to 5. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, <clears throat> that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3. See the reason why I don't compromise on excellence as a person and even in this ministry. Look at verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors, governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. In case you don't know, there is such thing as an excellent spirit. It's in a believer. You're a model of godly excellence. When Christ shall come in humble adoration and take me Verse number 18. Verse number 18 of Daniel chapter number 6. Now the king went to his palace. This was when Daniel was thrown into the fiery furnace. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. You know what led to Daniel being thrown into, into the lion's den? Because they were trying to cook up stuff against him. And they found nothing that they could hold against Daniel except his walk with his God. See, there is no fault in this guy. We can set from now to tomorrow. He can never do any wrong. But there is a way he can do wrong. He does not respect the God of the land. He only honors and worships his own God. So we have to cook up something against him, <clears throat> against his God. And that was the same way they were able to capture him. If you take a look further down, <clears throat> the king made another pronouncement because Daniel could not be consumed by the lion. And in case you're still thinking, you're under the sound of my voice, and you're thinking that these things that we are reading, we are studying, or we are, you know, reviewing, that they are flukes, they are mere stories. You need to accept the Lordship of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit needs to fill your heart. Bible says the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 16 to 17, all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Almighty. All scripture. Bible tells us that holy men of God, they wrote, hmm, 
as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. There is no fault in this. This was not an account of, this was not somebody sitting down and putting fictions together. Reality. I told us when we were reading the book of Exodus then, have you read your Bible to the point where you begin to wonder if the same God recorded in the Old Testament, the same one that made it impossible for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be consumed by the fiery furnace, the same God who shot the lion's mouth, you know, from consuming Daniel, if that same God is still your God. And you know the beautiful thing about the New Testament? The records that you find there. That same God who did those things, then left his throne, then walked the face of the earth for three and a half years to attest that for truth, everything done, they were indeed done. He didn't stop there. What now made him to be able to do those things? And he gave the same to you. Because God did those things by his spirit. The Holy Spirit are made those things possible. He is the force behind the name Jesus. He is the force behind the name Yahweh. He is the force behind the name God. You know the beautiful thing? If you've accepted the Lordship of Jesus, that spirit is in you. Now think about this for a second. All that you're hearing tonight by the help of the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't this be a message that everyone in the city of Regina should hear? So what effort are you making to making sure that everybody hears it? Let's just check the book of Hosea. I think. Do you want to wrap up, Daniel? Just general, don't, no need reading, just, just wrap up. Okay, I knew that focus was going to be the book of Daniel. So just wrap up, share whatever you want to share. Yes, sir. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't read, but um, when you read Daniel 9, when Daniel sets aside himself to pray, mm -hmm. because he realized from Jeremiah's writings that they were supposed to be in captivity for 70 years. Yes. You know, it reminds me of Timothy 1 verse 18. First Timothy 1 verse 18 that says, what with those prophecies that you received? Mm. And, you know, it made me realize that we, this is a prophetic ministry. Mm. And you give prophecies almost every other um, service day. But sometimes, it made me realize that sometimes people could be complaining and saying that, but the man of God said this. He said in 14 weeks, this will happen. He said in, in two days, this will happen. But why hasn't it happened? Two days has passed. Why, is, why has it not happened? Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that even though you have those words of prophecies, there comes a time where you have to war with those words. Mm -hmm. There comes a time where you have to war in the place of prayer, declaring those words. Hallelujah. Amen. And to everyone listening this evening, if that word has been spoken to you, if, if pastor has given that word of prophecy, don't give up. Don't drop it. Don't abandon it. Don't take your eyes off the word. Keep looking at it. Keep holding on to it. Hallelujah. Glory Praise to Jesus. Jesus. We're going to come back to the book of um, Daniel, okay, tonight. So um, let's just see the book of Hosea. That's the next book after Daniel. Um, in the brevity of time that we have, we'll just quickly run through this. Hosea is one of the minor prophets, like Bible scholars, you know, describe them. And um, Hosea, the book was written by Hosea, a man called Hosea. Um, it's an interesting book. Interesting in the sense that, or why was the book written? It mirrors the relationship between God, you know, and the people of Israel. God told Hosea 
to go marry a prostitute by name Goma. So the prostitute bore children for him. First child, second child, third child. The Lord will tell him what name he should name that child. Then the prostitute, I mean the wife, supposed to wife, you know, would run away, go back into Halotry, come back to Zia, stay for a while, go back into Halotry, come back to Zia. And God will say, this exactly is the way the people, my people are with me. They become Goma, the harlots. They stay with me. They run away. At some point, Uzziah was frustrated. You know, and then began to ask. And God was saying, the same way you feel displeased that your wife, the harlot I asked you to take as a wife, is leaving you, would run away, you know, come back to you. It's the same way I feel when the children of Israel, they abandon me for other gods. They begin to play harlotry. That summarizes the entirety of the book of Hosea. If you check Hosea chapter number 1, 2 to 3, you'd understand what I'm talking about better. Hosea chapter number 1, 2 to 3. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. Then as the woman, you know, began to bear children, you know, for, for, for him, he would tell them, he would tell him rather, say, this one called the name this. Because the house of Judah, the, my people, they've done this, they've done that against me. That summarizes everything about the book of Joel, I mean, Hosea. If you read, read Hosea chapter number 3, verse 1. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Bible says, then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. Can you see Jesus on the pages of the Bible again? Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love the raisins cakes, of the pagans. That's what the book of Hosea is about. The Lord used it to describe how the people of Judah have been treating him. And he wanted to communicate that. Then reached the prophet and instructed the prophet to go marry a prostitute. Is a relationship with God is it like that of an hall of halotry? Do you say yesterday to him and tomorrow you say no? Do you serve him so very much? You go full throttle, full speed in three months. And in one month, you don't see your brake light anymore in church. Do you go so warm, so fiery, you know, against, I mean, towards people? To, to get them saved, evangelism. And after a while, you just feel like, no, all that is nonsense. Amen. Do you have anything to say on the book of Hosea? Yes, I think we can move on. We can move on, right? Yes, so let's just touch on the book of Joel, too. The book of Joel is another book of minor prophet. 
the book of Joel. Um, Joel simply means Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God or Yahweh is his God. That's the middle name of my son. Yahweh is his God. Joel. Glory to Jesus. Um, why was the book of Joel written? Joel chapter number 1 verse 4 tells us the reason why. It says, what the chewing locust left, the swarming locust is eating. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust is eating. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust is eating. The book describes the Lord's desire to restore Israel. I have here, I wrote down, I said, explains the quagmire that Judah was in and how God would bring them restoration. How did I know about the restoration? You'll see that from chapter number two. You begin to see God's plans, you know, for restoration for them. In chapter two, verse 23, it says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and it will cause, you, it will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the later rain in the first month. Glory to Jesus. In verse 28, he then tells what's going to happen. Verse 28 of chapter number 20, chapter 2. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy after the captivity experience. Are you getting it? This again speaks about Jesus' presence. You see the S in capital letter. That's the Holy Spirit. That I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my main servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And I'll show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. You know, I just remember Psalm 126 right now, where the psalmist says, when the Lord restored the captivity of Zion, say, so we were like them, that dreams. Do you have any word to wrap up the book of Joel? Thank you, sir. To wrap up this book of Joel, you know, whatever it is that we feel like it has been lost, or we lost, or we feel like we're behind time, the Lord is able to restore to you, not just the time that you lost, but he will make up for it such that it will be like that gap never existed. So it feels like you lost 10 years, but the Lord is, is the God of, the super, of supernatural speed, such that he would restore those 10 years that you think you lost. He will restore it and give you even sp give you speed. So you feel like you've gained 10 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Thank you, tonight. Manto roko poroko soto horebo shata. Is somebody by the camera? Manda libra hato lege debosh. Hope of earth and joys of heaven. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth. Enjoy your precious name. Precious name. 
At Lofty Height, we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. The distinction between my life and your life, and a life and your life, and the lives of anyone who's accepted the Lordship of Jesus and your life is simply Jesus. My life was never this smooth. There were times and situations in my life, even though I was born into a Christian home, that my life had no direction. It was in Jesus I found purpose. I struggled like many of you too, you know, currently struggling with all sorts of stuff. Trying to find peace, solace, and comfort, pleasure in some things. But from experience and from hindsight, I'll tell you, there ain't no pleasure in the world except in Jesus. And the joy that he gives is like no other. Those of you who have sleepless night, you lay to bed at night, and one demon from the pit of hell is pursuing you. It's because the power in you is not enough. If you're willing tonight, you're under the sound of my voice, listening by podcast, watching on YouTube or here in the auditorium, you'd like to accept the Lordship of Jesus and become a new being, all eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Would you please say these prayers after me? Dear Father, I thank you for leading me to lofty heights. Tonight, I repent of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Please save me, Jesus. I lay everything at your feet. My troubles, my worries, my pains, my shames. Take everything, Lord Jesus, and make me yours forever. Fill me with your spirit and saturate my heart with your love. Overwhelm me, Jesus, with your love. Give me capacity not to go back into the world. From today, Lord, until your return, I take a stand for you, never to be ashamed anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've just said that prayer, I want to celebrate you at this moment. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.